recording? Yeah. As I was over over there petting the cat. And as I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm trying to get a good high resolution photo of Don Diego de Zama standing oh. on the beach for my temporary computer background. Um, 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 I only have last night's episode is all I have left. <gasps> of Shit's Creek. Yeah. Wait, last night you're the, you're watching season five. Yeah. Well, you're all caught up. I'm not even watching season five. Well, you really need to finally go back and watch these Christopher Guest movies because I've Kat- been meaning to. Because Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy, if you like their chemistry, you will be surprised just how versatile or just how versatile their applications of it can be. Yeah. I mean, they are heartbreaking in a mighty wind. I didn't. I knew I didn't recognize that scene you sent. I was like, what the hell is this? That was the season five premiere. I hate you. You would like to see it. <laughs> I've heard about, oh, I thought I'd heard about that scene. The scene where, do you want to describe it, Ben? What was it? <laughs> you don't I don't even to. remember. No. It's just like, uh, Patrick's just like doing clerical shit at doing the apothecary. And David's like, turned on by his mundanity. Mundanity? That's not a word. Yeah, it it sure is. is. But it's mundane. Yeah, mundanity. I think people pronounce it both ways. I, Do they? I'm not familiar with mundanity. Where'd you go? Bernadette got pushed, so I s- I slotted in the Harmony Corinne. Oh, oh for our I schedule. made an executive order. Fine. Love when we talk about the upcoming <laughs> schedule on the microphone. Oh, I forgot we're when, recording. When, when did it get pushed to? <laughs> Today. No, but no, like, no, no. When, when, it, when is it coming out? August. That's oh, a good sign. Yeah. yeah. They think it's good. They think it's good. Yeah. They, they want to get into the awards festival but they're not the crowded part they would like us to see it but in a very specific context also late summer release that's probably when the scraping the bottom of the barrel blockbusters are going to be coming out it's good ton of programming Mm -hmm. fellow film fag um not able indie i don't know what is his oh i thought it was notable indie oh yeah that makes more sense (laughs) tweeted the leftover members of Queen who produced Bohemian Rhapsody should literally be publicly executed. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see it. <laughs> nice. I, I'm so uh, I'm so worried about things I say being taken out of context that I shan't even give a reaction, even though in my head fuck. I'm having one. I do not give a fuck. <laughs> I hope things are taken out of context, and I hope I get famous, and I'll just be like, who gives a fuck? That will be my response. It'll be worse than Kevin Hart. Even even when you're famous, you're still going after who the viral tweets. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ben MP nails what is wrong with today's soundbite <laughs> culture. <laughs> Me. Ben's response to literally everything is, I don't give a fuck. Buzz, BuzzFeed is going to be like, freshman filmmaker, or, uh, freshman feature filmmaker Ben MP literally executes every single last one of the critics freshman, in soundbite culture. Freshman filmmaking fag. Freshman filmmaking fag Ben MP takes a literal guillotine to wow. soundbite culture. I love that. I mean, I'm did y'all see to my, my soul on that? 538 personality thing my agreeableness is like negative basically it was a speck of dust is your is your very small depression anxiety i filled the whole triangle yeah are we all full triangle fillers i'm not very anxious i'm not a very anxious it's like if if Hmm. if we were Hmm. if we were pharaohs and like they were filling up our pyramids with gifts to send us into the afterlife like we would have a full pyramid full of so yours was full too absolutely my mine was depression was at 100 yeah same emotional volatility was like in the 80s same and 
Anxiety was in the sixties. Did really? you? Did you yeah. I hope you, Good have, for you. I hope I'm you all enjoyed chill. the comparison triangles of the five thirty eight staffers. I and, did. And in that triangle, more than any other triangle, it was just a blip in the middle, like bar- barely, barely a mark. Oh, really? They don't possess those traits. They are. Wow. They're statisticians. Some, someone, <laughs> someone tweeted. They're, but they're very lively on their politics podcast. Their triangle was literally empty. Oh, for which one? That one? For like, I forget which one, but I was like, do Empathy, you feel? intuitiveness. I don't remember who it was. Compassion, respectfulness, trust. The highest one I have is 50. I would I would like to see... Trust is like 12. It's a small little shape you got. <laughs> I don't trust Scorpio anyone. It's true. Bitch. Respectfulness is in between 50 and 25. Yeah, let me mm. pull mine up. It's about right. I did mine on my phone. I'm Let's not, see if I still have it up. I just have. This is great radio. Should we should we tell people left. what we're talking about? Sure. There was Can this five thirty eight. The y'all know the. Um, is it part of the New York Times? No, it's Nate not. Silver was New York <clears throat> Times. Now it, he's on his own thing. I think that they're part of ABC. Mm. Right, because they were ESPN. Yes. originally, and it's a politics statistics and sports. Just statistics. Yeah, it's just statistics. Statistics. Do they do, they do the Oscars? I don't think they do. <laughs> and not, I love that we're all doing Alexis hands and, now. And none of us would qualify for that job. Like if they if they had a position going open, like no one on the internet would qualify if they had an open position at five thirty eight, like Fair. new awards editor, because it is the opposite of emotional. It is purely data driven. Yeah, and also data doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot anymore. Yeah, you know, not like in the Oscar, it's race. like the I I want to like. You know how on Twitter, when, when you're trying to not have someone's name be broadcast and you put a little asterisk mm-hmm. in, their, in, their, in their vowels? I don't, how do I say it? Like, such a stone? Like, the people who cling so desperately to these statistics. I that, was going to make a joke. She'd fit in right I was going to say, she, she's actually the right ideal in. applicant. She'd, she'd Except love she, it. And she'd be like, I just look at the facts, people. Green Book's a great movie. <laughs> Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri is fantastic. And y'all need to get off your high horse. Can you believe the Oscar Stop, now? stop, stop literally slaughtering the Oscar <laughs> chances for these beautiful films. Oh, God. Can you believe the nominations are tomorrow? Yeah, you're right. I can fully believe it. I mean, yes. And so since they are tomorrow, it, it means that the voting period has ended. But even if we were to record this mm. the Thursday before, the voting has ended. Mm-hmm. I feel it's over. I feel like there has counted. been a lull in press, and it's there's, great. There's a hard stop Monday at 5 p.m. It's over, and no one's going to waste money in while well, until they know yeah. if they've got the a nomination. Yeah. yeah, and let me just say, I've loved every second yeah. of it. What it's a, been what such a tonic. calm, what a little rest, such a tonic. Week. And then SAG happens this weekend. Oh God! No. Yes, it just comes out on Monday. Oh right. Yeah. It's next Monday. It it. The SAGs are this weekend. The SAGs are this coming weekend when you are listening to the episode. Oh, if you're right. listening to time, it on the day of time travel. Brandon, you look so tired. You're rubbing You're in your the eyes. Time machine. I am tired. What can we do about that? You should take the transcendental meditation course as you embark upon this two years of With your life. With what money, Benjamin? Well, charge it. Charge it. <laughs> there are apps. I'll open my fifth credit card. There are free yeah, apps. Fuck it. Fuck it. I've tried the free app, and it's it. I've, meditation was not built. To go through a free app on your telephone. Yeah, it just, it wasn't working for me. And I say this as someone who doesn't meditate, but I'm I'm sure. When I do TM, I don't feel tired. Ever? I mean, no. What? I, I mean, you feel tired right before you do it. 
but then you do it. it. I used to do that. I used to do this app. It wasn't TM, but it was a, it was a guided meditation, and it was like hypnotherapy adjacent. And I did it a lot in college. It was a thirty minute thing. I stopped doing it because it was the exact same recording every time. So like knowing how my brain works, I would just be thinking about what was coming next. So I would never fully soak into it. But the I don't remember the man's name, but he was British, and he would he would sort of lull you down, and then he would make you imagine certain places, and then he'd be like, "You are walking." down a staircase one step at a time oh that's good <laughs> good step oh fuck. And another that, and was it erotic it, yeah, <laughs> kind of. i mean i would lay on my bed while i did it oh. but then when it was done i would I, well and, it would, and he'd be like you are now walking up the staircase oh. and then when you were like three from the top you'd be like and open your eyes you're almost at the you're almost at the top <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and I w- an and app? I w- yeah, and I would wake up feeling so. What's it called? Goddamn refreshed. I don't yeah. remember. I mean, this was because this, I this was when I was in college. This was several years People ago. People like Headspace. That's the one I tried. Yeah, the guy had a similar tone as what you're describing. Maybe it was him. No, I think my, this guy's like Australian or something. It's like, well, and now we're here. Not to get too regional about Australian. it. And now we're here on the steps. <laughs> we're we're going to walk about the steps. Wow. Because <laughs> uh, uh-huh. I've been getting like five hours of sleep lately while I'm editing and I right. feel fresh as a daisy That's fantastic. because I'm fresh meditating and I take like a 20 minute power nap on my lunch at work. Well, power naps are restorative as well. Mm-hmm. I try and do that if I'm working 12 hour days on any sort of contract job. Yeah. I will not every day, but the days where I am truly spent and I'm yeah. only halfway through, I will go get in my car. I will put on an alarm on my phone because I will sleep for four hours yeah. and I will have a pillow in the back and I'll just, Take like the spare flannel that's in my back seat and just put it over me like a blanket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just lay there. In Sidney Lumet's book, he says every day he wouldn't, he would never eat lunch with anyone. He would go straight to his trailer, take a nap. That's the way to do it. Wake up, have scarf pro- down like a, a single cookie. slice of turkey, have a and then go cookie. back to work. Yeah, <laughs> that's should, how I would yeah. live my life. I'm trying to restructure my sleeping in 2019. I'd, I will never be able to go to bed before 11 o'clock. Yeah, I've never been able to do that, even when I'm at my most tired. But I need to figure out a way to have some sort of, and maybe that's all. Maybe I'll start doing TM. I don't want to steal your things. So maybe I'll just find a different. Thing Everyone to do. should. It's David Lynch's thing, and I've stolen it. That's true. And it's Jerry Seinfeld's thing, and it's, it's Oprah's a, it's thing. It's a lot of people's things. Those are those are three people who folks have been stealing from since their first big hit. So true. true. Why not steal from the best? Ah, true. I mean, people swear by it. Yeah, and if you're a reliable source who swears by it. I swear by it. It's good enough talk. for Jerry. It's good enough for me. Okay, all right. <laughs> I, I don't know. talk to Jerry, and I don't talk to David Lynch every day, but I talk to you every day. Yeah, man. it's great. I check in with Jerry every other day. Good. Yeah, it's good. Give him a ring. Yeah, but no, but he's, he's just always like, you can't go to colleges anymore. <laughs> it's not uh, a safe space. Uh, Jerry. <laughs> and I'm like, Jerry, Jerry. I have 15 minutes. Ask me about me, Jerry. <laughs> Gotta hit, get in the car with him if you want to yeah, have a real some, conversation. Coffee. I will. I would love to do a comedians in cars getting coffee with Jerry Seinfeld, but I would just take a nap in the back seat and just let him. Run. Like I would let him run his mouth and be like, "I'm, I'm here, I'm here," and then I would take a little nap. Just and occasionally then I, and say, then, mm-hmm. and then I would let him buy me like a red eye with a very strong shot of espresso, a little steamed almond milk or something on top, and I'd be like, "Jerry, you got to go back to college." She's like, "You can't go to college." <laughs> like, you ever think about going back to school, Jerry? No. <laughs> Thank Who's you, in charge Jerry. this week? It's not me. It's Ben. Oh, is it? I mean, it should I'm, be you. I mean, it doesn't matter, but... I don't want it to be me, I'm so sure. it's you. 
Well, then I'm just going to pivot to read one of my notes, which is I want to fuck Tim Blake Nelson in this outfit. Oh. Have you listened to... Do you, want to, get, do you want him to shoot you in the forehead first? Uh. Have you listened to Tim Blake Nelson? Yeah. But like, well, oh, God. From, from behind his head through a mirror. Have you, have you listened to Tim Blake Nelson's shoot. episode of Mark Maron? I sure have. That really makes you want to fuck him. Mm. Like, he's like high. Yeah. yeah. He's a hot Imagine him in that cowboy outfit, mm. with or without the wings, mm. talking about the, mm-hmm. the disbursement of, uh, of American Jews. Or, yeah. or, or, or Jews yes. who became American Jews, mm-hmm. European Jews. Yeah. Yes. It's fascinating. I mean, he's looking studly in um, Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Yeah, that's well, he, true. He, I mean, Tim Blake Nelson has that same thing that George Clooney really has going for him in, in the Coen's oeuvre. And what I think Matt Damon tries to do and hits it 75% of the time, mm-hmm. which is just playing dumb very effectively. Yeah. And he's got that sort of dopey look in Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Whereas now, I mean, and it's not that Which I don't... Which one, Tim Blake? Yeah. yeah. And it's not that I don't think that's hot, but I much prefer this sort of weathered, yeah. uh, elder statesman, intellectual, cowboy sociopath, mm. Tim Blake Nelson. I love that. I just remembered I was going to make a full ranking of every Cohen movie before oh, today. I've, I've and I have that. one, but I was going to do some rejiggering. So Brandon and I both have one. Are we sharing our list? I'll be able, to, I'll be able to do it. We I'll can't. be able to update Why? it on the fly if we want to do it. I don't know if we want. I mean, that's like, that's so meta. Like it loops right back around to not being meta. I think it's fun. We always do lists. Okay, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hello, this is Movies IMO. My Hi. name is Ben MP. My name is Daniel Crook. Daniel hates it. Huh? <laughs> I'm Brandon Kirby. I love lists. I have no hate in my heart, Brandon. Hmm. Except for it's true, except for Green Book. <laughs> no. Did you? Oh yeah, That's you watched fair. it. It's fair. It's fair to have goody hate in your heart. Blah! Skibbity bibbity. You know what I did after I watched Green Book? I drove to my nearest Pizza Hut, got a flat pizza, <laughs> rolled, folded it, and ate it. You know ate what I did? Thing? Thank you. That after was I, a stupid. After, joke. after I finished Green Book, I went to. I went did to you get a flat tire. No, I, I ordered a Chicago deep dish pizza, not New York, and I ate it with a goddamn knife and fork, just despite the greasy New York pizza style. The way Vigo Mortensen kicks his feet up before he eats that pizza is the way I kick my feet up on my coffee table, and I'm like, shit. It is a mood. It is a real mood. I don't remember if the specific swing of his feet. Mm-hmm. He just goes, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then Clint Eastwood pops out of the closet where he's having a threesome and he goes, Mamma Mia! <laughs> oh, All right. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Today we are here to discuss the latest film by the Brothers Cohen, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. We, Our last you, 2018 film. Yeah, yeah, you thought we put 2018 to bed. Surprise. You, th- you thought, bitch. Here we are. We decided to hold it because November was such a busy month, mm-hmm. and we were like, it'll be on Netflix forever. It'll always be relevant. Thank you, Netflix. Play us, pay us, I mean, pay us $500 million. Pay us, pay us 40 million subscribers, because yeah. that's yeah. the magic number they seem to trot out. Oh, yeah. Time. They describe a hit. That mm. tweet. Yes. Oh, my gosh. 40 million people have watched Sex Education. Yes. What? Okay. Are we supposed to like that show? Yes, it's good. Okay, because I do not like the ad campaign around town. I just know bad that, billboards, uh, just like the bad little posters. white boy. It's I just like Gillian like Anderson's face and humanity. I've watched know, six you know. episodes. Not enough Gillian Anderson, but the mm. the kids are good too. 
It's a good show. That's a, just a general note for media in the 21st More century. More Jillian Anderson. Yeah, not a, there's not enough not yeah. enough Miss Anderson going on. Correct. Yeah. Good show, IMO. Okay, well, Queen I probably won't get around Hannibal. to it because I'm bad at television. You but know it's what? It's good to know. There that are just so It's many. always on Netflix yeah. until the end of days. Which is, I, 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 I'm not even, I don't even want to give Netflix credit for this. I will give any streaming platform, anyone who is, any streaming platform who is releasing their own original content or has exclusive deals with certain movies and they are released day and date or exclusive on streaming for free if you're a user it's really wonderful that you can watch the other side of the wind or the battle of buster scruggs and then two days later just watch it again yep. yeah it's really nice it is it, I, it's ironic for me because i didn't have time to rewatch it a third time before we did this but i was going to say like it helps you do a close read of the film mm-hmm. without having to wait a month before you watch it again like yeah. you get a more complete impression of the film yeah. in a few days nice. which feels like your first watch mm-hmm. you know yeah. It's a long ass movie. I've spent four yeah. and a half hours with the Battle of Buster Scruggs. Mm. I've spent it that freezes, plus two fifteen. Nice. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Great movie. I would like to relate my experience of seeing this movie in the theater. Oh, I thought you were gonna say just relate your experience as a human being withering under the thumb. Well, we'll do that <laughs> for sure. <laughs> of but existential despair. When I went to I went to the landmark, let's okay. Nine months ago, <laughs> I went to the landmark to see Sweet Country. You remember this movie? Of course I do. Yeah. And I didn't like it. But it was I. It was me in the theater and like a group of men together. And they were so loud. And I. it has to have been some sort of like work get together. Because mm-hmm. there were like two guys that were like in charge of the snacks and like making sure everybody had popcorn that oh. they brought in themselves someone, in bags. Someone had an umbrella and they were oh. the team leader. Like, follow me. Yes. Don't get too far away. This, If you see this umbrella, yeah. this is the way you oh. go. And they were loud and... Dun- don't you kind of have to go ahead? Same sorry. group of men were at Buster Scrubs. Oh, I love it. What, what, what was the demographic? How like old were they? Old white 40. men. 40. Oh, okay. Because I was thinking maybe it was like a movie group. No. I mean... It, maybe they just go to see. They every like westerns. westerns. Yeah. There you go. I I do love. Yeah, I guess it's more of a western thing since this is that's your commonality. But I I was gonna say I, I respect like a work group that goes to see Sweet Country yeah. on a Thursday yeah, night what? or whatever. They probably just read. It, they were, it was both. Both of them were like the 10 p.m. Friday showing. God, it's wild. You couldn't pay so me to weird. go to a 10 p.m. screening of anything. The mm. last 10 p.m. screening I went to was. Three billboards. I love and I will going never to go Speaking of ever Western, again. I do it all the time. The, the, the Vista Theater, not to get too regional, is playing Unforgiven, I think, this weekend mm. on 35mm oh. film at 11.59. Yeah, and I got, I got so excited no. when I saw it on the Secret Movie Club poster. I was like, this. I'm like, I'm going. I can't yeah. wait. to. I, I was going to rewatch it um, when I was home over the break because I have the DVD from high school and I was kind of bummed that I didn't have time to do it. I'm like, this yeah. is great. And I saw the time. I'm like, I will not be asleep, but I will not be there. I'm not going. I can't do that. Like I've, I've yeah. been in, I was invited to go see Alien at, at a midnight showing by someone who was older than me yeah. at the Vista on 35 millimeter mm-hmm. film, not to get to regional. And I was like, Clay, fellow film fag Clay Pruitt, mm-hmm. I love you. I would never. <laughs> I would, I'm not going yeah. to a midnight. He, he, he was like, we can. He, he was like, I, like, there's gonna be this group at Akbar. We're gonna get some drinks and we're gonna go up to the Vista up the street. And I'm like, I you're gonna drink before this? That. Like, I would be asleep. Yeah, me too. Remember when we did the Inglorious Bastards midnight? Do you remember when I went with you to get was in? Was that line? at midnight? Yes. Yeah, we went to El Coyote. We were brainstorming this podcast. You didn't end up going to the screening. No, because right? I walked y'all to the line, right. talked to you for five minutes, and I was like, never in a million years. See you later. I'm yeah. going home. Yeah. Glorious Bastards was at midnight. Yes, 
I don't remember. But that. I have seen that. I at, thought it was like a 7 p.m. In college, I saw that. I saw that movie like four times because it was my freshman in theaters. That was my freshman year of film school. I think I've talked about it. I think I've talked about it on the pod before. But it was the thing where like you would, it sort of was an icebreaker between film students, film mm-hmm. school students who didn't know each other. It's like, have you seen it yet? No? Well, I saw it already, but do you want to go see mm-hmm. it tomorrow or tonight? Probably tonight because you don't have anything to do with your freshman, your first semester of college. So I ended up I seeing it four that. times in theaters my first semester of college. Fun. I can't believe that was midnight. Yeah. The new Beverly only does Tarantino movies at midnight. Well, not only, but when Hateful Eight part, came out, they did. They I'm shook. Yeah. I can't believe I went to a midnight movie and we brainstormed this podcast. How fun. Uh, yeah. We, we sat at El Coyote and had margaritas before we knew the, the trick was to get ice on the side. Thank you, Brandon. Mm. No, thank you, TJ. Thank you, fellow film fact, TJ Slipko. That was a mm. TJ movie. I, re- I, I, had, I have a friend in town right now for a wedding and a lot of her friends from various part of the, parts of the country, who, all of whom I've met before. I was getting drinks with them last night because um, boring, doesn't matter. But uh, they were asking for a dinner recommendation in West Hollywood and I was sort uh-huh. of listening. I'm like, well, y'all are fairly moneyed. Like, go to Laurel Hardware, like, blah, blah, blah. And someone's like, what about just, like, good Mexican food? I'm like, oh, you go to El Coyote, and when you get margaritas, get ice on the side. You will get twice the drink. Hell yeah. And with no extra charge. Ah, it's so good. That's right. Now we're blasting it out to the world. Yeah, Yeah. now they're going to... Oh, redact. Boop. Get the sensor button. Beep. We we should... Our our bleeping noise on this should just be Viggo Mortensen discovering his flashlight. I can probably make that. But I, I almost Wait, take it back. I don't, I don't, I don't want to platform do the it. film anymore. <laughs> yeah, let's let's dive into let's our actual it. topic because we we, have the we basically have six movies. To yeah. Talk so about. what's what is Fuck. the? Do we just go by? Do we do them one by one, or that might take a really long? Yeah, time. I think we should just talk. Sure. So what's the homework, and what's the movie about? So, Bal- the Ballad of Buster Scruggs is a an anthology of six westerns that uh, the Coens wrote separately over 30 years and then sort of realized that they could all flow together and they made the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. And, and there are beautiful little chapters in, that you get to see, like a storybook, like mm-hmm. in old Disney Literally movies. like a storybook. There mm-hmm. is a storybook that is leafed through mm-hmm. for each chapter. And we decided to watch with this their previous four films, which are Ale Caesar... Inside Lewin Davis, True Grit, and A Serious Man. Hell yeah. It's a good group of motion pictures. It is the, the post-Oscar run. Yeah. Yes. Minus Burn After Reading. Because I don't think that really bears on this as much. Uh, yes and no. Burn, burn After Reading. I feel like Burn After Reading and Hail Caesar well. get spoken about in the same breath because people are disappointed that they're just sort of zany and loopy. And Which ones? Burn Hail Caesar and Burn After oh. Reading and that... They have too much to do with just surfaces and just very shallow critiques of government and exercise and old Hollywood. And I think the more you watch them, the more you realize, like, yes, like, Hail Caesar, for instance, is celebrating Esther Williams and uh, On the Town and, like, all these – and Ernst Lubitsch, like, all these yeah. various modes of classical Hollywood. Mm-hmm. But it's not about that at all. It, right. It's about mm-hmm. the means of production. It's about which god do you serve. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and Burn After Reading, I think, sort of gets into the incestuous and pointless nature of uh, – bureaucrats and how mm. just how it's the reason why gyms and government officials are tied together because yeah. everyone is more concerned with their own vanity and and, right. and puffing literally or figuratively puffing themselves up than they are actually serving the people yeah like there's there's more there than than, right. than most folks gave credit for at the time yeah. yeah but yes i take your point especially what we're talking about which is a lot of god shit mm-hmm. and a lot of like general uh i would say like nihilism that is also humanist mm-hmm. yeah yes 
that we we've it's got the we got the group here. The cruelty of the universe. I prefer to think of it as absurdist to nihilist. Well, no, that's that, no, that's fine. Yeah, I, I, that's why I said nihilism with something else because I think that. Well, why don't we? I, I'm I'm not going to talk a lot, so someone else say something. But I I agree with you. But I don't think that that precludes there being strains of nihilism in the sure. work. I just don't think they're predominant. Yeah. They're nihilist in the way that we should all... It's like, did you hear the Conan O'Brien interview where he was talking about um, about about how comforted he feels that eventually he'll just be a headstone and no one will remember him? And some people were tweeting this out and saying like, oh God, what's wrong with Conan? And it's like, I find... I, Conan's the only one who gets it. Like, like yeah. yes. Like, I think that life just involves strains of absurdism and nihilism and like buster scruggs says in the first minutes of the film i think that's just human material yes it's not he's not a a misanthrope (laughs) he's just but i mean he is he experiences he's a murderer what he's experiencing (laughs) he's a cold-blooded murderer like well sure but then he sings a song of course but but, and and, and that's the whole movie and then Uh, that's the whole human experience here right right. it's a lot of ugliness Mm -hmm. and i mean it's all sort of summed up in the song after he shoots clancy brown or after he makes clancy brown shoot himself Mm -hmm. and then he's not literally dancing on a grave but he's essentially dancing on the grave Mm -hmm. of this of this crook mm-hmm. and everyone's joining in and raising That's their my glass favorite and, part of the whole oh, it's so, it happens Same. in the first 20 minutes and, and, so and then the dead guy's brother comes up and he's like my brother is dead <laughs> like and of course it's very funny but it's, that contrast is very was, much what the film is getting at it was yeah. really fun to watch that right after Sir watching Lito. margaret mm. <laughs> speaking of the way that movies just go on when someone has died in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then oh, both of these movies are about, no, this was a real person who died. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think it's beautiful. I think it's beautiful. I think it's brave. It's a Howard <laughs> Hawks thing and a John Ford thing to have like the song, the number in the middle of your Western where people are getting shot. Mm-hmm. And it just like, uh, it parodies that so perfectly. With purpose, I think that all six of the chapters are are par- or they're, they're both employing parody with archetypes, but they're also fucking with the ways viewers are accustomed to recognizing tropes of the western, the way that color is employed. Like at the very at the end of the first chapter, when Buster Scruggs gets shot down, he's all in white, and of course we're watching him mow down quote unquote innocents, but you know other gunslingers throughout. White is the color of purity in movies. Like white uh-huh. is, and of course this is. It's this is an interesting discussion because it's so ethnocentric, like it's actually totally racist. Mm-hmm. And then when when the new kid on the block comes at the end and he's dressed all in black, we we as an audience have been conditioned through classical Hollywood cinema to view the man in black as a force of evil, of bad. And so you're still rooting for the man in white, even though you've watched him do these despicable acts for the mm-hmm. past twenty minutes, right? Because um, he sang a happy song. He sang a nice song. He He's funny. Love is a neat, I love when he slaps his boots. And He's you, the, got a He slaps his a chest. And fa- oh yeah, that's walks away with the, the dusty dust out pattern. Of him. <laughs> yeah, very nice. that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> that, one that, was, that was a classic. Oh, he literally kills laugh. everyone in that bar, the first bar. Yep. Uh, just to prove that with, he's a murderer. With glee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, just to prove like that he is a bad guy. Yeah. You love him. I do. He's my. I do. He's your favorite boy. He's my favorite performance in the movie. Yeah, it's uh, it's him and Zoe. Yeah, him, Zoe, and Tom waits for me. But it, it was especially oh, yeah. the second time I watched Buster Scruggs that I realized mm-hmm. Tim Blake. I mean, I I loved the performance the first time I saw yeah. it. 
Actually, I've seen that chapter three times because as soon as I finished it the first time, I immediately went and mm. rewatched his chapter. I just mm. watched it again. Yeah. And then I watched the movie again like a week later. So I, I've seen it three times again. And uh, and every single time I realize more and more just how he is pushing the entire tone of the movie, but also mm-hmm. just how deceptively simple he makes that cheery attitude look. And yeah. yet he is conveying just these deep mysteries of life. Um, can I get something quick? Well, that there? ain't good. Huh? He says, well, well that, ain't that ain't good. good. <laughs> how great it when he takes the hat off and, and the, the bullet that goes straight through. Yeah. The little bits of red and the white hat. It's mm-hmm. very... It's very effective visual storytelling. Beautiful. I just want to get something out of the way, and I'm going to regret saying it because I don't like talking about the quote-unquote discourse on this podcast. But I don't have any time for the arguments about like the Buster Scruggs is just so mean. Why is it so mean? (laughs) Like the movies mean? Yes. Why? 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 Why do the Coens think that bad things happen all the time? Why do they seem to hate their characters? Why do they just want to say that there's no point to living? I'm like. How many lucky breaks have you gotten in life? Like, like you're revealing more about how privileged you might be yeah. or just not everybody succeeds. I yeah. mean, yeah. Zama wants to say no to your hopes, mm-hmm. say no to your dreams. Like, because the so fact of the matter Barry is... Grossman. Yes, <laughs> yes. Most people fail and that's fine because it's most people. Mm-hmm. I just, I thought it, I thought it really, I thought it really demonstrated a lot of, mm-hmm. uh, accidentally showed a lot of character. Mm-hmm. Uh, when people were saying, yeah, it says more about mean. them. When like, oh, it's so that. difficult to watch. It's just so violent and nothing nice happens. And everyone who does something good ends up being punished. I'm like, what like, that's planet life, do you live bitch. on? <laughs> Give me a break. And of yeah. course it's like the Western has always been dealing with Western society. Like we've talked about high noon on here before. And it's sort of this, uh, this sort of liberal, uh, fantasy land about community. Right. Um, the Western is always, just like science fiction in its own way, but the Western is always examining the state of the country right now, which is the state of humanity. I mean, with Coens, it's more cosmic. It's more humanity at large. Yeah. But it's like, these are the same people who are who make jokes about like, oh God, like if you thought 2018 was bad, wait till 2019. Yeah. And then a movie that a movie comes out demonstrating just how bad everything is. And mm-hmm. like, would it kill you to do some sunshine and rainbows? Yeah. It's like, but there are sunshine and rainbows in the movie as yeah. well. It's insane. Yeah. That's one all. of the stories has a happy ending. Yeah. So there. That's right. Wait, which one? The Gold Rush. Yeah. Oh, right. Gold I mean, Rush. There, there, yes. there is there. He might. That, see, I, I've thought a lot about this because, yes, in, uh, in, in theory, it's the one with the happy ending. Mm-hmm. But even then, like the bullet went through, but right. he's still been shot and that wound could get infected. Mm-hmm. And you have to imagine he's pretty far out from the nearest town. Yeah. He it's could like, very well die with yeah. all that gold. It's an ambiguous happy ending. Mr. Pocket has got a hole in it. Oh, Mr. Pocket. Does Pocket. the other guy represent the studio? I don't he profits off the work of the artist. I, Sounds you, about right. You can read it that way, just like just like you can read Zama as mm-hmm. if it's about the uh, the film industry. Yeah, but especially the studio system. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Martell was actually making that her primary concern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you can totally read it that way, and I think it's fascinating that almost I think every single one of these movies we watch we watch the Coens are working with a different studio. Mm-hmm. Which which demonstrates uh, like a difficult relationship they've yeah. had in terms of making the movies they want to make. So I, mm-hmm. that's certainly part which of it. Which is interesting because they always come in on time and under budget. Yeah, that's their and thing. like True Grit made a lot of money. Yeah. But but I I think it's more just about how it, it doesn't have to be a studio. Like we all put in a lot of hard work and then someone else uh, shoots you <laughs> through the shoulder yeah. and tries to take credit for it. And, I'm and, yeah. sure that the Standing thing about the Coens is I don't know they make a shitload of money with No Country or with True Grit. And then the studio was like, oh my God, what else do you have? And they're like, I have this sad Western. <laughs> and they're like, well, okay. Yeah. Goodbye. 
Because also, to- so they did No Country at Paramount, and then yeah, Paramount Vantage, and then they did True Grit at Paramount. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Serious Man is focused. True Grit is a Which Paramount is property. Yeah. So it was they after the massive critical and box office success of No Country. Paramount was like, we got to get you back to remake a movie of ours. Mm-hmm. It's fucked up. Was Yeah, but... Sorry, Brandon. Go was ahead. it a studio? Was it them being like, would you want to... I don't know. I'm sure that... Yeah. I well, don't know how, they, but... They like the, the... I believe Charles Portis is the man who wrote the novel True Grit. Mm-hmm. They they are admirers of that novel. Sure. So More it was so probably a John mutual, like... Yeah. What if you did a property and yeah. they it's were such like, a, well, there's it's, this. It's very possible that yeah. they were like, is there anything in our library you want? It, mm-hmm. Like, well, true grit. We're we're gonna take we're gonna take the movie that John Wayne won his Oscar for for a very cartoonish performance. It's not John Wayne's not bad in True Grit, but it's it's sort of this classic like sunny it's western and Glenn Close winning for the wife. Exactly. Yeah, very much so. But but forty but, years but, later, but the, the, the movie itself has a much cheerier disposition than this one does. Like of all the movies to remake, like you wouldn't think that like sort of the skippy western. Yeah. But. Of course, because it's the Coens, it's this wonderful bait and switch of we're going to turn this into a thesis on the rule of law <laughs> yeah. and what it means to wh- where, where does justice come from? Mm-hmm. What what do statutes mean? Mm-hmm. What what does it matter when you threaten someone with a lawsuit when you're in the middle of a lawless nature? And then when the one character finally breaks away from her high ideals of justice, a snake bites her in the hand and she gets it amputated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's a fa- it's a fascinating dialogue about where justice comes from. Yeah. yeah. Um. um I thought about you in True Grit. Um, I had a laugh because it's funny, but also because it made me think of you getting a kick out of it. And may- I'll see if you did. When when the Undertaker goes, if you would like to sleep in a coffin, it would be all right. Oh yeah, that's a good gag. Good gag. <laughs> it would be all right. <laughs> He's I get kind of bored before Josh Brolin shows up. Um, I'm riveted the entire time <laughs> <laughs> because I'm gonna say I hi, love like, from start to finish. I love Haley Steinfeld. I'm going to say two oh, really controversial I love her things. in that movie. All right. Yes. And this is about, this is in general, not just the, this movie, but in general, mm-hmm. I don't like Haley Steinfeld and I don't like Jeff Bridges. I, I have, right. I have settled. Well, then it's not the movie for you. Yeah. I've really <laughs> settled into the Jeff Bridges performance and that when it came out, of course he's winning an Oscar for crazy hard the year before Jeff Bridges mm-hmm. all of a sudden in the, in the niche zeitgeist anyway, yeah. once once more. And you can feel him really being hammy and chewing the scenery. Mm-hmm. But watching it now, there's a real sadness to that performance that I identify with. And not, now that, personally speaking, like now that now that it's been almost 10 years since he did win the Oscar. And yeah. like, for instance, I saw some people tweeting snarkily about like, oh, we're giving Jeff Bridges a Lifetime Achievement Award. I'm like, fuck yeah, we're giving Jeff Bridges a Lifetime Achievement Award. Sorry that he's an old white guy. But like, mm-hmm. of all the old white guys to honor, Jeff Bridges is like one of the most like, spiritually transcendent like he mystic, talked about like, climate change in his speech exactly like, exactly let's all yeah calm down yeah oh fuck him yeah it's like fuck you um the but one, I, I like the performance yeah the one scene that i'm like okay all right is when he's like twirling around like shooting mm. and it like goes on for way too long he's like i drunk. like the last the last 20 minutes really land for me yeah, but me too. i just like other than i don't like anything other than the josh brolin scenes i'm I'm through the Josh end. Brolin plays a good idiot. It like too. really yeah. ramps up for me, but that first hour is really hard for me. I full, I'm like full on weeping by the end of this movie. I speak to speak of that a little bit. Um, I think it's the Coens' 
for me of what I've, I haven't seen other movies, but from what I've seen of theirs, it's the most heartfelt and like the most um, filled with empathy. Mm. Um, it's just heartwarming. I don't know. I just really love Haley Steinfeld's character and she carries me from start to finish when, when then she turns into an adult and she's played by what's, what's her name? Elizabeth Marvel. Yeah. yeah. I'm totally riveted by the performance as well. I think it has like real, like big Russell and Russell energy. Like, Haley Steinfeld, in my in my estimation, totally could have held her own in a Hawks screwball in this movie. I'm uh, just the, the the energy she brings to it and the focus. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, you don't even see her blink. Like I I, especially considering this was her first real role. Yeah. Um, it's so impressive the way she commands the screen. But I, two things I would say that Fargo is their most heartfelt movie and their most empathetic. If for many reasons, but maybe if only because of the last scene of that movie. With Marge and Norman Bates. Probably. Together talking I haven't about seen Fargo coming. in a very long time. It's good. But I, so I'm sort of. If you I'm, both are going to say what your most empathetic yes. film is, mine is Lewin Davis. For sure. I mean, I, sure. Think, I think that's their. I would, yeah. I would say that's their most soulful movie. Sure. But I would, I would have it right up there as well. I, 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 would, I, would, I would agree. Um, I'm sort of caught in the middle between you two on this and that I find all of the material where she's trading and bartering and mm-hmm. meeting up with rooster in mm-hmm. the, in the town, I think is sort of a fascinating one act, just the way that the Coens and their actors etch out all of these very memorable minor characters and the way that they bounce off of Haley Steinfeld. And you get a real idea of the social condition and economy of that place. Mm-hmm. And then I get really excited when she rides her pony across the river to meet up with the boys. And then she's perfectly dry when she gets out on the other side. And then <laughs> I like the bear man talking about oh, I surgery. Love that scene. And then I get bored. And then I get bored for a while. Mm. And it's also, I'm having it both ways. Cause I think the dialogue that they're having is fascinating because it's about the whole thing with Donald Gleason and in, in, in the in the hut and and they're they're talking about they're basically like bartering truth out of each other in order to serve some higher idea of justice again. Like I love the dialogue, but I find it very boring. And it's the sort of thing where like I love that Roger Deakins has been able to really further and elevate the Godfather thing of like let's take away as many light sources as we can. But at a certain point, and I. I, I'm so embarrassed to say this, but it's like I get very sleepy <laughs> because I'm like, there's no light <laughs> for like <laughs> 40 minutes. Sure. And then I totally get on. The, and then when Josh Brolin comes, Josh like, Brolin, I, totally I mean, is a nice shot in the arm for the end yeah. of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I really just like. But I movie. love the movie. You know, I love this movie because it really just channels the best of uh, Red Dead Redemption Two side oh, missions. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> Let's go back to Busty Scruffs. Sure. Speaking of Red Dead Redemption, is that what it's called? <laughs> Red Dead that's that's what the Red Dead Redemption the part two. Hot Shots part. Hi, hi, I don't know. <laughs> I just like lost it for a second. I need Britta. I just went Vigo Mortensen. I thought um, you were doing Tevya. Oh. Um. Let's just skip the second chapter. <laughs> we can talk for a second about the second chapter. I mean, I know we I, we shouldn't be like, uh, but that is the one that I'm most like, uh. I like that one. I like a lot about it. It's, but... it's my least favorite, but yeah. I love all of them. Yeah. I just like all the close scrapes. Mm. And then I like when he's like, Brandon, say that again in the microphone. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Brandon was fully getting water from the Brita. <laughs> I like all of the close scrapes that James Franco gets mm-hmm. in, and then at the end he's like, First time. It's good. It's good. I, I mean, I think it, em- I laugh. it embodies a lot of that absurdism that we were talking yeah. about mm-hmm. at the beginning. And it's, I, I don't necessarily think it's the idea that. Pan like, shot. Pan, when he, when he, pan, pan shot. Pan, Steven Root doing pan shot is just indelible. Mm-hmm. I love every second of it. Same. 
Julia, uh, Meryl Streep is Julia Child and Julia and Julia. Pan shot. Wait, did you say indelible? Yeah. You know what movie uses the word indelible as like the catchphrase of the movie? <laughs> the imitation game. <laughs> it is often those most indelible that we not expect to be uh. indelible. Who are Wait, the very am ones I thinking who of the right? Indelible. Is it the Coen Brothers' indelible cruelty? <laughs> oh, thank you. Is it the cla- is it the classic Billy Wilder double I- indelible? <laughs> <laughs> it's the house of the clock and its walls. No. Uh, I think he indelible. says. I think he says like indelible, or it's like his word. So anyway, funny. well, it's just the classic Wallace Shawn line in The Princess Bride. Indelible. <laughs> what does he say? I don't know. I don't, I don't like. Know. He says indelible. I like it. I'm, I I I was glad that it made it on the Criterion only because some people love it. A lot of people love it. I have a very formative memory of. That's one of the first movies I remember watching because like. I was at a friend's house and his older brother was watching it with friends and like sat down and like, what is that? Oh, this is like kind of dangerous. It looks like a kid's movie, but like some pretty dark <laughs> shit is going on. Which one? And, then, Pe- and then Peter Falk mm-hmm. is like, I got a story to tell you. That's true. I don't think I've ever fully seen it. Well, it's okay. It's, y- you will love it. <laughs> really? You will love it. Because I'm dumb. No, Just no because <laughs> Just it's great. Kidding. It's a fantasy. Uh, what are we talking? Like oh, Harry chapter Potter. two, huh? It's Harry Potter. I was gonna say, I love I, Harry Potter. I, it is Harry Potter. I don't think that. I don't think that there's some sort of like moralistic thing going on <clears> where <throat> it's like he's paying for he's paying for what came like the the crimes he committed. Like no. it's all catching up to him. I think it's, it's not yeah. that totally absurdism. Yeah. in this this like peak, just like. <clears throat> Well, would you look at this? It's but just I, like look at all of the close scrapes he's been in, and this just happens to be the one that got him. Right, get him, get him, got him. And I also think that there's a conversation going on about justice in that is like mob mentality mm-hmm. and the rule of law and who's actually getting hurt when a bank is robbed. Like mm-hmm. some interesting layers. It's very Does rich, dark is it true there. grit where people are hung and the whole crowd is like ooh and clap? Yeah, yeah. I just think it's it was a piece of entertainment to. The townsfolk. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, and there's the whole element where uh, the indigenous guy is denied a moment to speak, and mm-hmm. they just I mean, like it's the background over his head, and it's once again it's like you know the, the Coens, um, the Coens certainly get leveled against them, like oh they're white filmmakers, and they are, and they're talking about white identity, like traditionally filtered through a uh, Jewish Midwestern mid-century upbringing, and, yeah. and 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 this idea of how, and it, it's just an interesting prison to go through, but. Um, yeah, I just think when when there's moments like that all littered throughout the, their filmography where they're talking about race, they're talking about gender, even though it is primarily in a white context. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a I don't know, it's, it's pretty damning to me. <laughs> like they yeah. let these two white criminals just like spout at the mouth and then they deny this man an opportunity yeah. to speak I agree. and no one gives a shit and it's mm-hmm. like that's a moment that moment has an intentionality behind it. Mm-hmm. Right. They are saying something. Mm-hmm. Anyway. They are saying something. Chapter three. I, I think that's the best thing I've ever said on this podcast. At the end of the day, they're saying something. Oh boy, it's something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tugging at my tugging at my collar. Is chapter In three meal, meal ticket? ticket. Meal, meal to chicken. Meal ticket is the first of the chapters that has like the visual style changes subtly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very chilly all of a sudden. Yes, it's very cold. Mm-hmm. It's a, there's a softer focus going on. It's there are more Dutch angles here mm-hmm. than there have been. It's a lot more just like. Well, it's, it's like I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's it's just different. And but I was gonna make a point about why, but I don't know because I'm, <laughs> I'm stupid. <laughs> it's we're all stu- I mean, I think if this movie teaches anything, like yeah, we're, we're, we're all, all stupid. stupid I um I think that it's a silent film. 
it would work as a silent film in the way that the first two wouldn't. That's what I'm trying to say. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, just with, like with, in the, with, with the construction with, of shots. With, with the title cards, mm-hmm. because we need some of this like Shakespeare yeah. or whatever Dudley Dursley is saying. Mm-hmm. Um, oh th- my God, that's who that is. I think that yes. I think that this chapter is more explicitly about Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And in a very much sure. right now. And, yeah. and just like i don't know media and like yeah netflix honestly it, yeah. I, yeah, yeah it's it's totally about it's not just about netflix but that's part of it it's just about trash yeah it's about yep. trash popular entertainment people well, and, and go ahead just that people will look to the new and shiny thing yes even if it's a chicken it's a commentary ba- on the banging hfpa its, banging its beak on a bunch of metal numbers, numbers. yeah because Bunch of and it's like a, it's a gimmick. Yeah, it's the masked singer it's not on, now on Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. As it's a, al- it's also like it's um it, it goes a little bit further than how we dispose of people of entertainers or just people in general once we have used them up once we are sick of their act. Mm-hmm. Like a, a man is uh, fully murdered in the yeah. movie. Um, but it, it goes further than that. I think it's just a, shows how little compassion we have for people when they are no longer giving us something that we need. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's it's very cruel. I mean, it's it's one of the it's one of the meanest things the Coens have ever put mm-hmm. in a movie. Yeah, is dropping a quadriplegic man uh, into the frozen river. into a frozen river to drown. Like, there's nothing there's nothing funny about that. I actually I, I don't think the word is quadriplegic, and I apologize. I don't know the word. Um, uh, but a man who does not have arms or legs, mm-hmm. um, an incredible vulnerable member of society. It it is tough to watch and he's found a way to make a living yeah and liam neeson is exploiting that for his own gain Mm -hmm. and when people start tiring and it's not just that they are tired of this entertainer but they're tired of like thoughtful entertainment right it's that's he's the whole doing Shakespeare. Yeah. He's doing the Gettysburg Address or Mm -hmm. whatever yeah yeah he's doing the idea of high it's like great oratory Mm mm-hmm and when they that, just want to watch the chicken guess yeah. the, the great number when you no longer when you no longer have time money for your whores right <laughs> right for your whores it all i mean it's yeah, all it's it's just, it's just also sad you know because with the chicken he dumps down some feed he doesn't have to he doesn't help have him to feed pee. Him. he doesn't have to you see you slowly see like all these things he actually has to do for him and how much work it does take so he's like fuck this yeah, yeah which is not i mean which it, is it, horrible of course obviously. but it's this section is also to me about how we lack compassion as a society. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, because he is, he is the most vulnerable among us within this chapter. Mm-hmm. And there, at the beginning, you wonder if he and Liam Neeson do have a close relationship and that right. Liam Neeson is maybe his father or a caretaker. And then, mm-hmm. then as you find out going on, he really cares nothing for him. It's just yeah. how much money he can make. Right. But it's not just Liam Neeson. It's the audience, audience culpable mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And again, it's like right because they're not showing up for him. We, we talk about how today's society, not just in America but globally, fundamentally lacks empathy and compassion. And that's mm-hmm. how you lead to someone like Trump, who can who can split people apart by by using hate and mm-hmm. uh, fear of the other as a wedge to get between people. And you can only do that if you're in a society that is lacking compassion and empathy. So again, <laughs> seems like a pretty damning critique to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chapter four. The Gold Rush. Yes. Tom it, Waits. Is that what it's called? No. It's, I just wrote it's called Tom Waits. Uh, all, it's like All Gold Canyon. All, yes. I believe it's, it's like actually that, called yes. All Gold Canyon. I'll look it up. I like when, sorry, just quick sidebar. No, yeah. I like when articles rank the segments because every single ranking is the same. Okay, next. <laughs> is it? Everyone has the same ranking. Is this everyone's favorite? 
this is no always one likes up this there. one. Oh, no one likes this one? No, 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 no. I, I no sorry, this, this this sidebar had nothing to do with the quality of All Gold Canyon. No. Um, but no, All Gold Canyon's always like the second to top. It's so like Zoe. it's like six, four, five, three, two, one. No, no, one's higher. I don't know what the order and is, I but it's lo- always and the I same. love the mortal remains. I love them all. Five is always lower. Um, Four is always higher. Anyway, this is pointless. Continue. It's fine. (laughs) Uh, It's about the destructive nature of humanity and capitalism over the land to the earth. And the CGI deer makes an appearance. Ah, the CGI deer got some work. (laughs) Moved to Hollywood. And Tom Waits scares him away (laughs) just by being there. By gargling gravel in his mouth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love Mr. Pocket. We spend so much time with Tom Waits that I'm like, who is this man? Like, it's not like I need to know. What does she think? But I just want to know more about him. Mm-hmm. Who's this old man who has no one and can go prospecting for God knows Well, how perhaps long. he has no one because yeah. of his need to prospect. Oh, Oh, interesting. The idea, the idea of how Daniel you, Plainview, but he's not successful. He's a nicer guy than Daniel Plainview, That's but it's true. the same. He's not successful. He's, you know what? He's That's not successful. Success, you would like to see it. <laughs> we haven't talked very much about the cinematography, apart from what we oh, were yeah. saying with the last one. My it first should get note, an Oscar nomination tomorrow. It should win. Correct. My first note was, there was the cinematography. There, there was it's like the from the first shot. The whole movie is stunning. Mm-hmm. If Bruno, last name, can get a nomination for... Bruno Dumont? <laughs> can get a nomination for fucking Darkest Hour. It's true. For the love of God. But Brandon, there were so many pieces of white paper that got thrown in the air. But this is a Netflix movie. My it's, it's, got the it's, just, it's just insane to me. There was a real campaign for that, though. That That's true. No, there's, no, no, ca- there's no, no campaign. campaign. No one's pushing for Buster Scruggs for no shit. No campaign for this movie. It's absurd. I mean, he has five Oscar nominations. Throw him a six for this. This actually is a well-timed episode. Give him another. Our last episode before the Oscars, the movie that should be getting mm. shit isn't going to get shit. It's not going to get jack shit. That's right. It won't. It would be nice if it gets a surprise. When a when a cowboy earns his wing for best song, <gasps> oh, that would be cute. I thought you were to say like when a cowboy earns his wings for like best cinematography. I didn't know you were talking about the song. I thought you were drawing oh. a line. No, but so, I think so too. That Don't would, we want to see w- Tim Blake Nelson on stage singing, uh, twanging? It, it, it makes me think of Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy performing "A Kiss at the End of the Rainbow" in character from *A Mighty Wind* at the Oscars, uh, which was so important. It was a really important cultural moment for young faggot me. Ah, uh, young faggot you. You, I'm oh, gagging for you, faggot. <laughs> Come on back. <laughs> Come on back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're quoting. You have to you have to say what that is now. Okay, I'm quoting a the new Chris Kelly show. The other two now on Comedy Central. Thank Great. you very much. So, <laughs> the fourth chapter of Buster Scruggs is about a man prospecting alone and he works really hard and diligently and systematically and he eventually finds the mother load of the gold. Mr. And Pocket. Mr. Pocket. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Jackpots. We sound like the Mr. decrepit Jackpots. hormone monster, the one that can't talk and needs subtitles. <laughs> Mr. Pocket. <laughs> Mr. Pocket. That, that, was, that was good. You can have subtitles. And suddenly he's shot in the back. By a man who's going to steal his gold. He's yes. been watching him from atop the hill. Yeah. I like love the intruders in Mandy. The whole, the whole sequence after that, mm-hmm. the stillness of it, mm-hmm. mm. it's 
It's a gorgeous piece of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Tom mm. Waits is wonderful. Incredible. Tom Waits is one of our great American actors who we never... It's not like he didn't get his due. He's worked with some incredible people, but I... It's not. It's not like, like people. David Lowry. Of course. Yeah. Well, I was. He gonna, had a no, great no, no, 2018. We, we talked. We talked about that on that episode mm-hmm. about how great his Christmas monologue is. He mm-hmm. had a really yeah. strong 2018. He, uh-huh. Brandon, I just gave you my copy of Shortcuts. He's astonishing in Shortcuts. Oh, I can't wait to. I'd like to see it. Well, he he is good in Shortcuts. I will see it. Um, I don't really have much to say about this one other than it's it is about. Lovely. It is about how eventually, like capitalism, capitalism ruins the earth. He digs up this whole area, but then. The Earth takes it back when humanity is gone, mm-hmm. which is what's happening in the 21st century. Yes, and it's, yes. it's, it's this whole thing <laughs> where like Tom, Tom Waits is not the, the future. Tom Waits is not like the singular progenitor. Like I don't think he represents like big oil, like yeah. drilling into the Earth. Because there's that moment when he is trying to make his breakfast and he climbs up the tree mm-hmm. and starts oh. taking eggs from the nest and mm-hmm. then sees that the owl is watching him and mm-hmm. he puts them back. So yeah. it's. Very sweet. It's very sweet, but it's, it's it doesn't totally... Maybe let- just one. Maybe, maybe just one. The blame <laughs> is on just... In 16 chairs, I'm pulled the God. <laughs> wow. I gotta go. But I'm he does fan, eat one of, of the eggs. <laughs> he eats one of the eggs because he has to. He has to. He yeah, has but that's to. the thing. It's like, even if you're being a... Con- even if you're trying to be conscientious about mm-hmm. the environment, unless you're an environmentalist, we all, we all play some sort of subtle role in yeah. the domage even though we're now we're all in like, the gray area we're all in the gray area but it's like of course by driving our cars in Los Angeles which writ large is a huge problem mm-hmm. you know it's there's also like huge corporate polluters remember mm-hmm. First Reform the most urgent American movie made in years mm-hmm. it's about that mm-hmm. yes Good it movie. is in my opinion <laughs> movies now, about, now on Prime I, th- I think um I think I'm gonna spoil a gag next time I'm in charge I'm gonna say welcome to another episode of movies in my opinion oh in my opinion. In my opinion. <laughs> wow. You're just an opinion in a basket. <laughs> Let's move well, on to the, the rattle internet. girl. That's the, the girl who got rattled. The gal. The gal who got mm-hmm. rattled. Based so on Which is the longest by double almost. Yes, It's it roughly is. double the length. It, they're basically all about 20 minutes, except mm-hmm. this is about 40. I, I paused and wrote down because I wanted to know. Yeah. It's 40 minutes? It's 38, wow. specifically. I mean, it takes up... It's my fave chapter. Yeah. Zoe Kazan giving one of the best performances of mm. last year. Jefferson Mays as her faggot brother who yes. dies of cholera. He's so good. He's good. He's when he's like walking the along field. and he's got like his handkerchief in a limp wrist. And then there's sweet Bill <laughs> Well, Heck. it's my dog. I want Bill Heck to like whip out his sweat-covered hanky and just like wipe my brow with it. What's the dog's Heck name? Like yeah. Principal? No, it's President President. President Pierce. What does the grandma say? She's quite finished. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, gr- so by the way, Grandma, grandma Tur- Turner, Grandma Turner, extended universe between True Grit and this. <gasps> Haley Steinfeld has to sleep with Grandma Turner, who oh, snores. That's right. There's that wonderful jump cut where, uh, or that, you know, it's like a smash cut, whatever you want to call it. But when she's asking the the woman in charge of the boarding house, she's like, "It did another room open up? But I find that the Grandma Turner it re- really requires a lot of a lot of room to sleep." And she's like, "Well, there was, but then that gentleman on the front porch just took the back room." But don't you worry, girl. Grandma, you're not bothering Grandma Turner. And then it cuts to them in bed, and she's wide awake. Like, oh. yeah. But then Grandma Turner. Good Haley Steinfeld. Thank you. And then Grandma Turner and this won't finish her meal. <laughs> Grandma Turner's quite Grandma finished. Grandma Turner's quite finished. <laughs> <laughs>
It's good grandma jokes. Oh, so <laughs> what did she say? Like the potatoes came to me. I got the bowl last. I got the bowl oh, I last. Wrote, I, wrote it, I wrote it down. I got the bowl last. <laughs> I love when they're arguing. <laughs> I am going to find this line. You guys keep talking about it. There's the it. man who is like. <laughs> <laughs> I like that I broke you. It's funny. I, it is funny. I got the ball last. The way she looks. <laughs> She's so, so contemptuous. She's so mad. I got it last. <laughs> the bowl came to me last. last. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> is there any more chicken and dumplings? The bowl came to me last. And then the proprietress of the house says, just, sc- <laughs> just scrape it off her plate. Just scoop from her plate, Mrs. Halliday. Grandma Turn is quite done. <laughs> just scoop from her plate, Mrs. Halliday. Grandma Turn is quite done. Why is this so funny? It is. Oh, this is funny. Uh, I tweeted that, and then sales off film added me just saying, it's midnight. Because <laughs> I was doing this in the middle of go the night. To the, the, go to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> Oh, so a lot of what this movie's about is how how the bowl comes to you last. How the bowl yes. Comes, well, yes, yes, the bowl of life. It's about how it's and that the boomers put too much on their plate. Uh, yeah, thanks, Grandma Turner. Grandma the bowl Turner. came to millennials last. <laughs> Why millennials are killing the potatoes in a bowl industry? Chicken and dumplings. Chi- I've a. Potatoes I, in a just bowl. I, I have to be fully honest. I'm not prepared to. Talk. I mean, we're going to keep going. I'm not prepared to talk about anything tonight. I was so fucking exhausted from our <laughs> three-hour marathon of best films last time. Like my brain is fully empty coming into yeah. this one. So I'm not surprised that I couldn't remember. The bowl, the bowl. Why, certainly let me try it again. Why last. are millennials killing the chicken and dumplings industry? Because it sucks to be a woman. That's. What <laughs> I'm pivoting back to my point. Pivot to chicken. Pivot to chicken. <laughs> a lot of what this section is about is how shitty it is to be a woman yes and how few choices she has how uncertain her life is what's her and name abigail i think abigail mm-hmm. she abigail alice so many no it is alice yes yet yet she yes. she knows her way out of every one of these situations but mm-hmm. she has to go through conduits yeah. like bill heck in order mm-hmm. to make any movement yeah Love bill heck bill heck is great married she has to follow her brother to oregon mm-hmm. she has to get married to someone in oregon the dog is her fault even though it's not her dog mm-hmm. because it's a woman they 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 they, they, they lump in She's the shrill the loud labor. thing with yeah exactly She's got to do the emotional labor. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jean Dielman. Right. She's nice. She's told to do that by a man. Mm-hmm. To John Dielman. Mm-hmm. Should we spoil it? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Who cares? If you got let's, this far. Let's be pause. Oh, sorry. Pause and say, if you want to watch this movie, oh, turn it off right I, now. I really do love that this is the one spoiler that most of us are agreeing anyway. We should, we should pause. Zoe Kazan... They are attacked by a group of Native Americans and the, what's the other? Mr. Arthur. Dragon Wayne. Dragon Wayne? Wagon Train. Dragon Train. train. I just dyslexic myself. Wagon Train Man. Mr. Arthur Mm -hmm. gives her a pistol and says, if... If it's not going well, I'm going to shoot you and then myself. But if you see I'm dying, you do it yourself. Yeah. And she's just like, oh, my God. And Accurate. <laughs> and she's hiding in this little like divot in uh-huh. the ground. And 
They're doing okay. Mr. Arthur then gets whacked in the head, and then he does something similar to what Tim Blake Nelson does in the first scene. He's able to like maneuver himself to shoot. Yeah. The man that's going to kill him. Mm-hmm. And then you hear President Pierce is barking, and you move, you pan slowly over to the divot, and then you see Zoe Kazan is dead with a bullet in her head. Because she thought she Mr. thought it was Arthur over. Was, was done for. That's fucked up. And <laughs> it's dark. And tune back <laughs> in. We're done spoiling. It actually is dark, layered, and complicated. Yeah, it actually is those things. Yeah, it it's is. It's a really. I, I was crying. It's really moving. Mm-hmm. It's. I mean, it's just a powerhouse of filmmaking in the way dramatic storytelling and the. It's like the dog barking in Widows to Liam Neeson. It's the same mm, mm-hmm. signal that there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. The dog yep. is barking, but you know exactly what it is, and then you see it. And yep. Even before you see it, yeah, you yep, know. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just this dread, this feeling. You think it's all going to work out well, but then... And then I just like at the end, because you see it written out in the storybook yeah. version, too, is Mr. Arthur doesn't know what to tell Billy yes. Knapp. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do love I do love like the last lines of each of the stories uh-huh. and that you can read them. It gives you sort of a, a yeah. coda. <clears throat> yeah, and that shot too of Mr. Arthur on the hill and then Billy Knapp out there. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can tell it's just like really economical the way that you can tell Bill Heck and Zoe Kazan do fancy each other mm-hmm. um, just through nothing other than body language. It's a, and it's a wonderful rebuke to the idea that the Coens don't like their characters and mm-hmm. don't like people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just think you're a fool to wish that life is better than this. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's what, yeah. that's also what the mortal uh, remains is about. Tim oh, blank. Nel- Buster Scruggs says in the very first, you're a, you're a fool to think that life is going to go better than this. Yeah. The human material. Mm-hmm. I, I will say just to, to point out some of the technical prowess that's yeah. going on in this chapter. Just think about those wide shots with the wagon train yeah. moving down across the land on the Oregon oh, yeah. Trail. Mm-hmm. How long that must have taken to set yeah. up and how you have to get the light exactly right. Now, since, oh, brother, the Coens have been real pioneers in color correction and, gen- and digital photography. Mm-hmm. But... It feels entirely practical, and you just have to think about the time required for that type of setup and the with dir- ox and the precision. Yeah, with mm-hmm. oxen, with with old like, it's it's not a matter of, of like an old Wild West saloon set where it's just a front. Like mm-hmm. these are operational covered wagons. You have to get it all exactly right. The wagons can't piece out too far from one another because there's this yeah. beautiful storybook symmetry to a lot of the imagery. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just quite substantial yeah mm-hmm. deserves to be commended i love that uh there's just a passing moment of showing that jewish people were on the wagon train because that woman yelled at her son israel mm-hmm. oh yeah um and it's just because there is this popular culture thing that jews only live in the city well, yeah which tim blake nelson talks i mean it's mm-hmm. different because he's talking about post-holocaust immigration yeah. But yes, absolutely. And it shows, well, they were they went to the Midwest, too. And that's mm-hmm. something they're doing in True Grit as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the American Western has been completely whitewashed in our cultural consciousness. It's about a history of white people, according mm-hmm. to the stories. You never take into consideration all of the uh, former slaves, for instance, who then just got put into the work in a stable and were told never to talk to a white woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, There's all these people that this, this myth is propped atop. Like their their labor and their own place in this economy, yeah. Um, and that's something I find very effective in True Grit. Yeah, 
mortal remains. Mm-hmm. Are men like ferrets? Watch this space. Watch this space. Um, Tyne Daly <laughs> saying that men are not like ferrets is a really important gay moment of 2018. She is so good in this movie. Commanding. Mm. So good. This, I read an interview with <clears throat> Bruno Dumont, mm-hmm. and he said, they asked, like, what, how was shooting that like? And they were like, he was like, well, you know, you just have to find a way to make it dynamic, even though you've got five setups for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And he was like, the only thing that, that Joel and Ethan said to me was it needs to be fully dark by the time Brandon Gleason sings. Mm-hmm. Brendan. Brendan. Brandon. Brendan Gleason sings his song. It needs to be fully dark and the sun needs to be setting at the beginning. That's all he said. And then he did it. Well, because like all of the movie, the final chapter is about death. How we are all six at a time mm-hmm. shoved in the back of a, not a station wagon, <laughs> but of a, of a carriage. Mm-hmm. And there is a... The horseman of the... I'm truly, my brain He's is dead. Like, I well, love that oh, shot. The, the yeah. shot from outside, it's like supernatural. From outside the carriage. Yeah, it's, no, exactly. But it's this. It's supernatural in the way that they're talking about the Grim Reaper driving the carriage. I'm talking you about didn't the see Grim. My arm. Thank you. I'm talking about the. <laughs> I said the horseman the horse. of the apocalypse because again, I'm truly. Yeah, that I'm tr- no, no, it's we not. Call it that. No, no, it's the Grim Reaper. I'm just truly brain dead. It's death from the seventh seal. Exactly. Mm. But but just like the that we are all marching towards this hotel where we'll open the door and. We will, if you can view it as purgatory, you can view it as hell. Ascend into heaven. Uh, whatever you want to call it. But, um, it's clearly not heaven. It's not heaven. <laughs> because the, ha- the stairs the, go up. The people who are happiest to Just be kidding. there are the bounty hunters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that Tyne Daly is this pious prim, and she is seeing that she has to, like, well, at the end of the day, everyone goes to the same place. She's having that realization, and it's and it scares the hell out of her. And I think, to the point that the Coens are misanthropes, they don't rob her of any humanity. She's still able to. When she gets off the carriage, she's like, "Well, my husband's waiting." Mm-hmm. It's a nice little button. She's not humiliated. Yeah, mm-hmm. but there is, in the hands of a lesser filmmaker, oh, yeah, she would just be the joke. Yes, like fully, and she's a joke, but she's all also. Jokes. The, the, the person, the man who raises ferrets in the woods, mm-hmm. like that man is a ch- the trapper. The trapper, yeah. When mm-hmm. he talks about that woman for so long, he's like, didn't know her name or whatever. <laughs> Men are time, trash. And Time Daly is like, there are only two kinds of people in this world. <laughs> she just like makes eyes, <laughs> like <laughs> you and me. I was. What does you and me? My husband's love was freely given and endures. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's my favorite line. <laughs> It makes me laugh. It makes me laugh. <laughs> My husband's love is freely given and endures. <laughs> I was not a burden in my daughter's home, and he's, I assure you, you were. <laughs> uh, what a mood. What a film. That, that scene is a mood. I love the mortal. And then they all die. Well, they're already dead, theoretically. Yes, yeah. and that's why she's going to beat her husband. She has outlived her husband. Yep. It, that's why the love endured mm-hmm. past the grave. Yes. Yeah. And then... They get to the hotel and they realize, oh, they're dead. Mm-hmm. They're dead. They're dead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, that's, and then they are this, dead. It goes through the the movie goes through the whole like denial, anger, acceptance mm-hmm. like framework. It's a begrudging and scared acceptance. Mm-hmm. At the end, they are just kind of like, well, we got to go in. Yeah, you this can't is it. go back. Yeah, you this is go it. Back. The carriage leaves. Yeah. 
Oh, I go so inside. Good. River sticks. And then the fairy book closes. And that's the end and of the I'm fucking like, movie. I'm like, I would like to see more. I know. I know. When it when it ended the second time I watched it, I was like, oh, fuck. It sort of ends abruptly. It's like, oh, fuck. Just like life. <laughs> it's like, it's oh, just, shit. You're alive one it. minute and the you're book's dead the book's closed. Next. Mm-hmm. The book is literally closed. The book of Henry <laughs> is closed. Ah, a film. Um, okay, homework. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about a serious man. I should, just, yes. I should just not watch the movie every week, and then we can move past six chapters <laughs> of the movie in 15 minutes. Mm. It's amazing. We're yeah. flying. I love to fly. Mm-hmm. <sighs> a serious man. There if I'm honest with myself, yeah. it's my favorite Cohen. Good choice. It's probably top three or four for me. It's so fucking Maybe good. top five. Because I claim I'm going to do a top 10 on the fly. <gasps> I'm so excited for our rankings. Um, I am pulling mine up. Great. I, hey. the, 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 the shot mm-hmm. of the kid looking Watching at the tornado. Watching the tornado. It's haunting. It's, it's truly haunting. I love the Jefferson Airplane motif through the film. Mm-hmm. The the prologue is fantastic with the Dybbuk. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the Dybbuk. I mean, it's the book of Job, obviously, mm-hmm. and the it, Cohen's favorite. Yeah, and it has the Zama thing going on, and that we're really enjoying watching this man try so hard to get his life together, and mm-hmm. is just beat back by fate. Columbia God. Record House. Yeah. <laughs> Columbia Record. I did not order club. Santana Abraxas. <laughs> <laughs> the number of times he says Santana Abraxas. <laughs> <laughs> it's also Michael Stolberg's big coming out movie. Yeah. It is. That was the first time I knew who he was for sure. Yep. Yeah. That he was... got he did he get the Oscar nomination? He did not. He got mm. the Golden Globe nomination. A serious man ended up that. squeaking out a best picture and a best screenplay nomination. Yeah. And it wouldn't have gotten it if it weren't for the ten just beginning and if they had not right. done uh, yes. No Country for Old Men, not the previous film was one before. Yeah. Right. Um Gosh, so much in this movie. Cy Abelman. Cy Abelman. Larry. The the rooms at the Jolly Roger are imminently habitable. <laughs> Larry, let's let's have a good talk. Oh, when he's uh, living at the Jolly Roger. I think I made this joke to you guys via text, but my cat right now, you know, had the abscess mm-hmm. that had to be drained. Mm-hmm. Arthur getting his getting <laughs> up in the middle of the night to drain his wound or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Drain his abscess. That's my cat. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. What does he call it? I felt like he I was living at the Jolly it. Roger. Huh? He has he has a name for it. Arthur remember. has a name for, for 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 his wound. Anyway, this is not interesting. I'm not good radio. We can as as many listeners know, I mean, just because we've talked about it, mm-hmm. I'm editing a little film right now, and because I'm in the process of editing, as I watch movies, I'm watching the editing more than anything else. Uh-huh. And I would just like to say, there's. Never a flaw in a Cohen movie. Not no, ever. And it's not just the scene construction; it's the overarching design. And a serious man is actually a great example of that because of the way that it employs repetition and slight variation with each other. Like the way that you can feel the noose tightening in this movie, even yeah. though we are going between the same character relationships, same locations. Yeah. Again, it's very Book of Job, so it's just like the same shit happening again <clears throat> and again and yeah. again. And then, of course, there's uh, like uh, there's there's the um, there's even a little action sequence in the movie when he yeah. gets into the car accident at the same time as Cy Abelman. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, just the, the rhythms of Cy getting yeah. his golf clubs and, mm-hmm. and um, what I love about yeah. their editing and their rhythm, and it's partially just because of what Roger Deakins does, is that they let objects or specific details stand for entire scenes instead of you see whole coverage or 
like you get an insert of something, you'll get a whole conversation playing and we're just looking at the the radio or the the uh even the earpiece in the last yeah. shot. Yes. Yep. In um the, the also the ear hair. The detail that <laughs> yeah. I always think of is no country when Josh Brolin is hiding the money in the motel. It's really well constructed mm-hmm. on staying on the suitcase of money mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. whole time. Yep. It's beautiful. In which they also do in Hail Caesar. With the briefcase. Oh, with that briefcase, yeah. yeah. Mm. I just love the repetition of the phrase, what's going on in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's said like 800 times. It's so great. Existential de pair. My, my brain is <laughs> fully dying. Existential de pair. Yeah. Can I read my favorite uh, exchange from A Serious Man? But yes, please. When the student Clive is in his office begging oh, yeah. to bribe the teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh Michael Stolberg says, actions have consequences, and Clive says, often. I also like when Clive says... Stolberg says, always! I like when when Clive says, to embrace the mystery. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. But I think that speaks to the Cohen's thesis here, is that sometimes actions have consequences, Mm -hmm. sometimes they don't, and sometimes the consequence happens without the action. It's very... Michael Stolberg is always yelling, I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. That's his main thing. Like, what's going on? Literally, what's going mm-hmm. on? He mm-hmm. gets cucked so hard in this movie. He really does. I love the uh, the story of the 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 teeth. Oh, the goy's teeth. Oh, the goy's I teeth. Too. And it has it has no point. He's just no. like, Well, what happened? And he's just like, well, he moved on with his life. <laughs> what do you want? What? Yeah. That's a great sequence. It was yeah. so good. And it it speaks to obsession. And the pointlessness it's of burning. some obsessions. It's yes. burning. <clears throat> there is mm. no answer. The search for answers when you will never find No them. I Bonda. Mm-mm. No I Bonda. <gasps> wow. Deep. Deep. Should we talk about Hail Caesar? Yeah. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. We're not doing it in order. We're just doing Hail Caesar. Are we, are we ready? Oh, well, we kind of talked about True Grit. Are we, are we, are we, we already yeah, yeah, talked about so True Grit. So we're, we're ready to squint. Oh, I just, I forgot Lewin. But we can end on Lewin because it's the best. We're ready to squint at the grandeur. Yes. Ready to let out a mirthless mm. chuckle. Just a divine a, a presence mir- to be shot. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, mirth, a mirthless chuckle. Mirthless All right, chuckle. got you there. Mm-hmm. That was mirthless good. Thing. Thank you. Really good. Herbie Doyle. Thing? Herbie Doyle. Hobie. Hobie. Hobie Doyle. Uh, our friend um, Han Solo. Adrian Ruckerberger. What the fuck's his name? Alden Ehrenreich. God, he's, he's quite good. He and is. didn't he like? Wasn't his acting? Wasn't there a story about his acting on set of? solo like not being great and someone was like well like making fun of like that was his character and mm. oh that's a bummer i don't like think... mirroring right fine like trying to but also maybe direct uh, maybe he wasn't directed well In i mean solo? i'm sure that's more the yeah. case or, yeah that's probably what happened anyway this, i mean the cohen's are great yeah i have an overarching thesis about this movie but let's hear it let's hear it this is a fun episode though i'm not giving overarching do thesis. it do it's it great. Well, I don't we, have much to say why about don't we this just, movie. Why don't we all say what we think the movie is about? I think this movie is about deciding if you want to be an owner or a man of the people. And like Barton Fink. Yeah. And uh, Brolin is uh, being given on a silver platter the opportunity to be an owner. And not literally because he's not getting going to own, what is it, the narrow line? He will be. It's it's it's, it's, it's the people who are making the bomb. 
Right. And but he is offered like a CEO position or something. Yes. Like, like in, in a very, a very amenable contract. Mm hmm. And where he can work probably like five hours a day and make a shitload of money. For seven years. Or and he asks Allison Pill, good luck, what should I do? Allison Pill in one scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's Snowpiercer all over again. One day of work. Oh, my God. When she's a school she's teacher so with good the guns. Snowpiercer. Mm. She's on strike right now. And Hell we yeah. support her. True. Same. And what do I think it's about? Um, it's what you said. Who's and I think God? it's about Channing Tatum and Sailor pants that scene sleeping with ray fines so quads i'll bring quads up again palm springs gabriel that plays musical numbers plays no names plays no dames yeah so funny so great and i hadn't rewatched the movie yet, and i was like oh my god it's insane that this sequence exists it's It's so so fun they tap dancing i've tweeted it so many times i'm waiting for it to happen they need to direct a guys and dolls movie it Mm. has to happen it has to except, happen. Except they've done their musical. I know. And it was inside Lewin Davis. But they could do, an, they've done so many westerns. It's do another true. musical. It's yeah. True. Do another musical, Coens. <laughs> I dare you. Adam Driver doing the sound effects. Outer space. <laughs> Outer space. <laughs> they cut to him every time. <laughs> so <good>. Outer space. <laughs> Oh God! I mean, <laughs> boy, Jim. Th- thanks for the gig, but who wrote this song? I, I did. I did. Uh, oh, it's pu- 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 Justin it's Timberlake's song. only good performance. Yeah, I think he's great in The Social Network. Pu- 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 please, oh, sure. Yeah. I love that movie. Oh, Fine. Oh, oh, oh. Carrie Whoa. Mulligan's only good performance. She, so I said I will. I, I will quickly say what I okay, think. Okay, now I know what you're talking about in that because she's. I think it's over the top. Too. No, I'm the one who says she's not good in it. Oh, no, I, I think she's good. I think that she's good this time around. I totally am into it. Because, I mean, no one's good. At, like, I think she's doing what she's supposed to do. That's what in I... That's a great true. way. That's, that's how true. I feel, too. And I feel for her, and I see a lot of humanity in her in this movie. I do, too. Okay. And I, I, I don't think it's her best performance by a long shot. But I think that she is doing what she's supposed to do. Yeah. And she does bring in a real sense of pathos and warranted anger and frustration. And because of a lack of agency and mm-hmm. because she's been fucked over by. Yeah. By, by it's it's the it's the whole thing of um what what movie is it? Oh, uh, in the mule. <laughs> When, when when Clint Eastwood is like, hey, all right, you got you got to stop and smell the flowers sometime. You got to have a little barbecue. All right, okay, mamma mia. <laughs> and then the guys are like, I, we shouldn't really be taking advice from you. You're the one who's in such a shitty financial situation that you have to work for us. It's the same thing where like Lewin thinks that he is the one who knows how the universe works and how talent ends up paying off and yeah. that type of just toiling in the dark. Eventually, someone hears you, and and he resents her because she is playing the game. Yeah. And then she's like, she, this isn't like She wants to move to the suburbs. Yeah, but this isn't, I don't know if she wants to move to the suburbs, but she wants to have a successful music career. Well, he says you want to move to the suburbs, and she just says, is that so wrong? Which is an implicit the, I agreement. Think, I think it's more just about the idea of being comfortable and, 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 and not, having to, not having to couch surf for your mm-hmm. entire life, whether yeah. it's literally the suburbs or not. Maybe it is. I mean, a lot of the thing about folk music in Greenwich Village was, this isn't breaking any ground. This is what everybody says about it. But like, it was emulating a style of music about people who like were working the land at the turn of the century. Mm-hmm. These were all like pretty comfortable white people who were starving for their food because they could, because they mm-hmm. knew they were going to be fine. And so, the by performing this music, it's 
I mean, it's beautiful. I love the, I love the, that whole era of American folk music, but it, it's not necessarily authentic, even though yeah. it, all, all these songs are about struggle. Lewin is really the only one who is live out, out of most of the musicians we pay attention to in the movie. Like Lewin is really the only one who is like hopping on, not literally, but like hopping on the back. Well, he's not hopping on the back of a train car like Woody Guthrie, but he is hitchhiking his way to Chicago and back. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And he is to make one- an opportunity for himself. Yes. He's really going he, for he's it. He's the one scraping by and the, the inherent tragedy, um, of, of of that luck does not touch everyone and that kind of rarely touches the people who most deserve it, right? Yeah. Um, let me just quickly get to that out of the way about Hail Caesar. I won't get into my whole theory, but I'll just say something that I love about the oh, cinematography. Yeah. I want to talk about the cinematography. How much I love the repeated use of the wide shots on the soundstage where we see the barriers of the sets mm. and just all around it is complete darkness and like there's people setting up lights and everything, but it's just this isolated pocket of life going on in the back of this wide frame and then just darkness. Like, it looks like outer outer space like all around it and yet in that set you've got a group full of busybodies of actors who are hitting their marks doing exactly what they're told and they're doing it because there's this generally agreed upon principle that by doing this my life has meaning by following a certain set of rules here i have a place in this world and i have a function mm-hmm. um and by zero, by bringing it all back, it sort of throws it into like a cosmic absurdism and just how like tiny and insignificant it is mm-hmm. and that whether it's Economics, whether it's communism, whether it's Nick Skank at Capital Pictures, which is the big capitalism uh, idea going on there, whether it's God, it's like the whole debate around the Godhead. We have, we have the, like the Greek Orthodox man, we have the Southern preacher, we have the Jewish rabbi, and then we have the company man, and everybody has a completely different interpretation around the exact same thing, and ultimately they agree on like ninety-five percent of it because it's not so much about the theology as much as it is like where do you create the order. And I just think it's so genius to then take a movie studio as your example there that like everyone has their own little piece. Like it's completely segmented. Like we only spend time with Frances McDormand for one minute and she's off in her little cave because that's her piece of the puzzle and that's how you keep the engine running. And Nick Scan or and Josh Brolin's job, Eddie Mannix's job is to keep the machine going. Like mm-hmm. he he's not an everyman and he's not Job, but it's his job to maintain this manufactured fake order that everyone has bought into because it is how you push along in life. And by tying that to religion, similar to in burn after reading, like the line being drawn between two seemingly disparate objects, um, governments and exercise here, it's talking about how the, the movies, the movies give people a sense of how the world works both internally as the mechanism and what they put out just like, in religion, you go to church and you might be a deacon or you might be the priest or you might be an altar boy or you might just be in the pew. But when you're there, everyone has a very specific job and it gives you hope, even though it is completely manufactured. And all it is is just people on a soundstage hitting their mark. Mm-hmm. That's what the movie's about. I love it. I'd like to paraphrase Fargo. I I, I can't even get the line you're trying to say, wrong. You're trying to say, I do agree with your police yes. work 100% there, Lou. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> No, I agree. Um, but yes, I agree. Lewin Davis. Astonishing. Um, I'd like to make two points okay. about Lewin Davis. About, We're doing great about time. why Lewin Davis is their best film. Mm. Number one. List to come. This is not a, an original thought of mine. I'm parroting Adam Naiman, who has literally written the book on the Coen brothers. It's about a man 
who has been in a partnership and the partner dies and he's dealing with that. And that's it's a movie about grief. That's the closest and, the Collins have and, admitted to and, that. And what's like, wild. Their process. I, we, we, you have, we, you have shared this essay before. Isn't it wild? No one, to my knowledge, yeah. Adam Naiman was the first person yeah. to put his finger on I this. I agree. That, and it seems so evident yeah. once you look at it through that lens. It is about a man grieving his lifetime creative partner. and we're... Who drove him crazy mm-hmm. and who he wants to assert his own creative independence without. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's about the grief but of But they that. love each other and they need each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so poignant. Even if it's the Mumford & Sons guy. And I think about it and I want to cry. Like I'll be in the grocery store and I'll remember what Lewin Davis is about and I'll want to cry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my other point is it doesn't look like any other Coen Brothers movie. The cinematography is totally different. It's their first movie without Deacons. There, yes, there's and there's handheld. Or they did, that's not quite right, but yes, it's, the camera's just like always moving and there's always a lot of movement in their movies, but like this is like literally the camera's always moving and it's like shallow focus and they rarely use shallow focus. It's just like, but it still looks exactly like a Coen Brothers movie because mm-hmm. it's got their framing and their lighting, but it's it's just like very different, but it's Bruno Delbonel is a really exciting new partner mm-hmm. with the Coens. I'm really excited to see what other visions they create yeah. together. It's a very special movie. It's like Lewin Davis and the music is stunning Flawless. Mm-hmm. it's also about it's a movie about failure mm-hmm. that's all <laughs> yeah it's a movie well it's, it's like he he goes up it's there the odyssey well that's the obvious that's the other thing i was bringing that up with the moving camera work because mm-hmm. it is the it is it is the odyssey um but it's just the the punctuating and they punct- have an orange cat <gasps> i know just like linda where's the scrotum lewin <laughs> the first the first time i saw it um I I never I didn't notice when he says uh, Lewin is the cat. Well, we can talk about that mm. because I the the older I get, the more I decide I'm going to be basic and be like, you know what, Lewin is the fucking cat. Because yeah. it's this whole there's this whole theory which I generally buy into, which is it's the Coens just playing with their audience a little yeah. bit because it's just so direct. Like Lewin is the cat in the first ten minutes, and he's yeah, like it, it's 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 designed to have an interpretation that he is the cat. And you enjoy the Coens just screwing with you a little bit, and it's misdirection, uh, and, and and it makes you feel like you know what the movie's about while they're doing all this other stuff. But the older I get, the more I'm like, you know what? Fuck you! Like I choose to believe Luna is the cat. Like I know that you're trying to fuck with me here, but mm. fuck off! Like let me have this. I love it. Let me have this. I love it. It's comforting. How did I not like? Well, how was I not fully in this movie the first time I saw it? Maybe it involves a, a cat. Well, it's kind of wild. Mm. I'd. It's wild that you weren't because it seems like such a branded movie. I, I mean, I rewatched it obviously and was like, "Holy shit, how wrong was I?" Yeah, I never. Isn't that a fun? Didn't feeling? like it, but like, it, I never got it like everyone else. But this time, yeah. I was like, "Oh, oh, I see it's now." So special. When he drives past Akron, it's mm-hmm. just heart wrenching. Yeah, mm-hmm. heart wrenching. It's um. I was gonna say one more thing. Oh. Yes. When I left the theater, seeing this movie the first time. The two friends I were with just complained that it wasn't about anything, unlike gravity, which... <gasps> Are those friends still alive, or did you kill them? Well... <laughs> you'll, you'll have to get on the Mortal Remains stagecoach yeah. and find out for yourself. Well... You'll have to check into Hotel Hell. 
Should we bleep it out with a blobbly bloobly? It was a dark night for everyone. I saw I saw Inside Lewin Davis at my film school. I had graduated, but I was still on the email list about when we would get like first, not first look, but like pre, you know, screenings that would come out. Yeah. Screenings where the like, couple weeks before the movie would come out. Packed audience for Inside Lewin Davis, and I'll tell you what, those film students were not happy with that movie. Mm. I mean, it's a. It's, it really doesn't have plot like actively in the way that a lot of their other movies do yeah, yeah. i mean you are following him on it's a super journey character driven mm-hmm. yeah i think the first when i saw it for the first time i was at the arrow and i was like in a really bad seat i was like almost front row like on the end Gross. so i think it was just like a bad viewing experience Guess and i never I saw it again saw it one time hmm. it was not the first time but i saw it at a rap screening the rap <gasps> oh the rap the rap <gasps> Because that's when Fun. my friend was Sharon's assistant. Twenty, which would be the that fall would... of twenty thirteen. So I would, I was after that. Yeah, yeah. Fun, fun, really fun. Can I suggest that we do our lists? Oh yeah, let's yeah. do it. I'm just loving how we're not running so long tonight. I love it. Brandon, why don't you go first? Yeah, I'll go first because I think I've seen the fewest of the Coens, so I'm missing Blood Simple, Hudsucker Proxy, and. Man who Miller's Crossing mm. and Man Who Wasn't There. So I'm missing a lot of Cohen's. Okay. A lot of homework to do. Okay. I'll go a from the bottom. A lot of work to do here. Also, nobody's going to like my list. So let me, just, let me just get I, it I out know, of the way. I know your list. I think it's idiosyncratic. Yeah. Nobody likes it. Okay. So Lady Killers is 13. Hail Caesar is 12. Intolerable Cruelty is 11. Burn After Reading is 10. Raising Arizona is 9. I know. Uh, number eight is Ballad of Buster Scruggs. <laughs> number said anything. Number seven is True Grit. I know it's too high. Brandon, the Big Lebowski. <laughs> the list. Big Lebowski is six. Inside Lewin Davis is five. I know. Brandon, we love you <laughs> and we love your list. Number four, A Serious Man. Three, Barton Fink. Two, No Country. One, Fargo. Thank you. I think Brandon. that's a damn good list, Brandon. Thank you. Thank damn you. good. Thank then you. I think Daniel should go next so that I have a minute to I'll like, go next. figure it I out. I have not seen The Man Who Wasn't There. I haven't seen The Lady Killers. I think I've seen the rest of them. We'll see. Here we go. Let's Num- hear it. Number 16. Oh, and by the way, I like every single one of these movies. Right. Same. None of them are below yeah. four stars, I like every single much. one of these movies. Um, I, I would give this version three and a half stars. Um, number 16, Intolerable Cruelty. Number 15, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Number 14, True Grit. Sorry, Brandon, I know it's too low. Number 13, The Hudsucker Proxy. I would stake my Pulitzer on it. Number 12 is Miller's Crossing. I actually do know that's too low, but I saw that in high school, and I really don't remember much about it. I love it. Uh, I mean, I do, but... uh, John Turturro's good in it. Number... And and Gabriel Byrne. comparatively. Yeah. Number 11, Burn After Reading. Number 10, Hail Caesar. Number 9, Raising Arizona. Number 8, Blood Simple. Number 7, The Big Lebowski. Number 6, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yes, I think The Ballad of Buster Scruggs is almost top five Coens. Yeah. It, it is insane how we are dismissing this movie. It really is Crazy. insane. It yeah. is one of their best it's distillations so of their vision of the world. Number five, A Serious Man. Number four, Barton Fink. Number three, In the Country for Old Men. Number two, Inside Lewin Davis. Number one, Fargo. That's hot. Hot. Thank All right, you. I'm going to go from the top down because it'll be easier for me to do it on the five. Are you doing just ten? You no, okay. I'm going to do them all. So best to worst. Best to worst, we have... Inside Lewin Davis, Botten Fink, Fargo, No Country. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. 
Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Uh, oh, here it goes. I know this is where it gets a little Pop difficult. Off, a serious man. Are you between a serious man and Battle Buster Scruggs? No. A serious man. You're between Raising Arizona. No, it's a serious man. <gasps> Hell yeah. Lebowski. Nice. Buster Scruggs. Uh, Raising Arizona. Blood Simple. This is such. Is this riveting? <laughs> no, it's compelling. <laughs> television. This silence is quite substantial. Uh, but like, it's not pause. exciting because he's going down. <laughs> yeah, we know what one already. <laughs> oh, brother, Miller's Crossing. No. The Hudsucker Proxy, Oh Brother. There you go. There you go. Hudsucker above. Yes, I love Hudsucker. So great. Miller's Brandon, Crossing. it's about the invention of the hula hoop. Fuck yeah. Then Burn After Reading, then Hail Caesar, then Intolerable Cruelty, then The Man Who Wasn't There, then The Lady Killers. Did I forget nice. any? I think I don't I think, think you got them all. That's everyone. Nice. Oh, we did it, everyone. That was hot. Thank you. That was hot. God, I love when people say that. That's hot. That was hot. That was hot. That was hot. The Lady Killers is the only one I don't like. I will say that. It, that, that was not hot. Intolerable Cruelty is often referred to as the worst, and I know it's a delight. It's oh a my delightful, God, no. fizzy, screwball comedy love, about relationships, yeah. about I put, trust. I, I put Intolerable Cruelty above Hail Caesar. That's, that's fine. It's your list. It's great. We love you, Brandon. <laughs> I disagree, but we love you, fine. Brandon, and we love you. I think I list. have them back to back on my I, list. I haven't seen Intolerable Cruelty in probably like 10 years, so. I'll say it. So I've seen Hail Caesar three times. I have liked it from the beginning. I mean, but, when did it come and out? I, 2015, 2016. 16. And I've, a lot of the ideas that I laid out, I have so yeah, been, I have been working years. out the first time times I saw it. And then this time around, like every single scene, I was like, and there's the thesis. And it mm-hmm. keeps like, I was so impressed by how they're having their cake and eat it too. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. it, I, I'm so impressed. I, for me, I don't think that like Hail Caesar for everybody is going to rise in estimation as it goes on. Yeah. But I think it's fully one of their best movies, even though it's 10 of 16 for me. And I like all of them. Yeah. They're just yeah. all, yeah. they're such strong filmmakers. Correct. I yeah, often, we love when George Clooney says, Gracchus. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. I often make the joke, they're, still underrated like no matter, i agree no matter how great they are they've got four fucking oscars I was each just, i was just saying underrated. this to someone it's i was just saying this to someone. it's because the coens have been co-opted by a certain type of film bro mm-hmm. and yeah. then people who should be like our allies in this have decided that they hate them for right. some reason yeah um and therefore like there's very little room in the middle to and yeah they are underrated but you know i, I appreciated a lot of the positive discourse around ballad of buster scruggs um some good pieces were written. Yeah. How it channels the best of the side missions of Red Dead Redemption 2. I thought 2. that was probably the piece of criticism of 2018. On, uh, on the Film Comment podcast, <laughs> Nick Pinkerton dismissed Busty Scruffs, but it was on his top 10. Just like uh, Cam Collins with You Were Never Really Here. Yeah, he didn't like it, and then it was number three. Um, we love critics. You know? The good ones. Sometimes I was just you're gonna, wrong at first. Yeah. I was going to make an aside. So, hold on. Sometimes sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're wrong. And sometimes you get knocked for a loop. <gasps> Peter Travers. Ah, uh, knocked Peter. for a All right. hula hoop. 
<laughs> was that Peter Travers' pull quote? Watching Probably. This, that's like a proxy. He would stick um, his Pulitzer on it, except he doesn't have one. The other Sorry, person I always say is underrated is Nathan Lane, who is underrated no matter how many Tonys he wins. It's because he doesn't have any Oscars. Yeah. He'll just... People just... They take Nathan Lane for granted. And Nathan Lane has never given a false note in a performance ever. I'm very passionate about this. He's a a singular performer. He has his own way of going broad and deeply specific in the soul at the same time. Anyway. This has been Movies IMO. Oh, that's the best. You can follow us on Twitter at Movies IMO. Please subscribe to our podcast on your podcatcher of choice. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play. Um, 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 this week we actually have two episodes coming out this week. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck me. We, <laughs> I love doing this with you boys. I love our listeners. I don't want to deal with the Oscars. I don't want to deal with the Oscars. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me say this on the record so everyone mm. gets held to this. We all need to make our personal nominations in every category because we said when we run through all the like 20. We don't have to do every single one, but we should, it would, well, what's the episode that we're doing this week? We are going to be going through the Oscar nominations. Um, let's just say that the comes out tomorrow. Is, let's, no. No, it doesn't. Well, the, the, no, no, the nominations come out tomorrow. We'll, we'll, reco- we'll, we'll record it tomorrow night. The, we'll say that we'll the episode is, Wednesday. let's say it's coming out Thursday. <laughs> Give our editor some time. <laughs> and then okay. if it comes out on Wednesday, it'll be a happy surprise. How but, fun. But probably Thursday. And then no episode the next week. And then we will have no episode the next week because of that. Because we're tired boys. Because we will have this in lieu of next week. Mm-hmm. And we will just bitch about... The Ascendancy of Rami Malek. It's Yikes. finally an episode to do discourse. Yeah, we're gonna, finally. We're going to talk. We're going to get hot on the mic. Yes. People are going to listen to us on the mic and they're going to say, that's hot. That was hot. What are we doing after that? Serenity. Hot. Yeah, next we get into 2019. <laughs> Hell we're yeah. Putting the first major release. Mm. Starring. Oh, I just scratched my mustache and like fully oh. pulled a chunk off. Oh, Jesus. That's what it felt like. Je- Last Ow. night, Linda came ah. up to me as I was lying on the couch and she nibbled my hair a little and then she like clammed down <laughs> and yanked. Some cats li- some cats <laughs> really like like the oil on the hair. She's a biter. Mm-hmm. That's what oh, they told me. Oh, she's a biter. She loves to chew things. Hey, Linda. She looks perfect. She's sleeping. Hi, sweetie. She's sleeping. Okay, my name is Ben Empey. You can find me on Twitter at Real Todd Haynes. My name is Daniel Crook. You can find me on the internet at Daniel Crook with three O's, and I don't see a lot of money in this. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> What's that from? That's Inside Lewin Davis. Oh. Did you sign your, hm? your royalties release? Oh, I can't That's talk a hard about time. That. That's a hard mm-hmm. moment. I, can't talk about I, t- that. I wrote that down too. I wrote no royalties. <laughs> no dames. And no then royalties. he didn't even need the money for the abortion, which is why he needed the money today. No. It's brutal. I'm Brandon Kirby. You can find me on Twitter at BK Kirby. One day let's do another Coen Brothers episode. And we'll just do other movies. Well, we can talk. We can just talk more broadly about God. Great. (laughs) 
cool. There's a lot of God stuff we didn't get into. God IMO. because none of us are particularly religious. But our fir- I, I have heard from people that they enjoyed what we said about faith in the first Reformed episode. Oh, I've heard that as well. I'll take their, I'll take their word wow. for it. Wow. I don't even remember. <laughs> people love our first Reformed episode. I have no memory of that episode. I have no idea what I said. <laughs> Same. I remember. I, 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 was, I don't mind saying it on the microphone. I was uh, visiting a friend in Arizona. It was Memorial Day. It was Labor Day. Or mem- no, it was Memorial Day weekend. And because of that, it was Sunday night, but it was Saturday night to me. Like I was, I was, I was treating it like it was a Saturday, right. but it was a Sunday. And it was very late at night. We had been drinking beers for hours. And then I got a text from Ben being like, Hey Daniel, are you going to send the episode description anytime soon? So like, I was very fucked up and my friend had gone to bed and I had to like, listen to, I made it through like 40 minutes of the first reform mm. episode, which is like a pretty heavy topic. I love that. And then I had to write an episode description. How fun. So that's what I think of when I think of first reform, just Cute. like. It's very, it's very a serious man. Yeah, it's very mm. Jobian. Wow, wow. Is that it? <laughs> oh God, we're ending on a bad story. <laughs> the winner is Jane Fonda. Thank you, thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.